Hi, welcome to Coaching Chaos. Tonight I was talking to my 16-year-old daughter, and she asked me, Mom, do you always have to talk about church? And I thought about that for just a second, and I said, yes, because I feel like this is my mission. This is this is what I am to do. This is my work. And she said, well, why don't you talk about family, or why don't you just talk about something of your past or, or just, just talk about something different than church. And so I thought about that again. And I realized that, yeah, as I, as I talk about the gospel, I will share a little bit more about who I am and, and about my family and my family name. I think that's where I'll go with this. And it happens to be that in come follow me, that's exactly where we are. The church's name in which I belong to is called the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's nine words long and it can be a mouthful, but years ago we were called Mormons and oftentimes we are still called that and it's a nickname and that's fine, but President Russell M. Nelson put his foot down and said, no, it really isn't fine. We cannot take away the name of Jesus Christ and replace it with a nickname. And he's exactly right. Jesus Christ is the head of this church. This is his church. And yes, we have always been called by the, by the shorter version, (laughs) formerly known as Mormons, and we are putting it out there very firmly that we are not. There's no longer a Mormon channel or a Mormon.org, or uh, do we see Mormon as the symbol on all of our things related to the church? And so, in thinking about our, our name of the church, we have been invited to. Take upon his name to ponder each word in that name. We are the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. Now, to those of us who are members of the church and strong in it, that's that's not at all a difficult thing for us to embrace. And So it might be one of those podcasts that you turn off and think this is not going to be one that I'm really interested in, but I just want to share with you. So just want to share with you a little bit about what it means to me to take upon his name. So as I ponder each word in the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, it's not just the title of my church. It is who I am and it is what I personally desire to represent. In 3 Nephi 27 verse 5, it says, Have they not read the scriptures which say, Ye must take upon you the name of Christ, which is my name? For by this name shall ye be called at the last day. So our church is called this, and if we are members of this church, then we have committed 
ourselves submitted to our, to our Father in Heaven, to our Savior, that we take upon His name. It's not just a title, but it's we put that title upon our hearts and we take it seriously. And it continues in verse 7, Therefore, whatsoever ye shall do, ye shall do it in my name. So it's a very important thing that if we are to be members of this church, we are not just casual members, but he's asking us to do all things each day in our hearts and our minds that we do it in his name. Therefore, ye shall call the church in my name, and ye shall call upon the Father in my name. And he says, Verily I say unto you, Are ye built upon my gospel? That struck me. Am I truly built? Is my foundation the gospel? Do I rise up each day firm in the gospel? And do I take upon his name in all that I do? firmly planted. Therefore ye shall call whatsoever things you do you in my name, then whatsoever I do in his name, I will do it with confidence and I will do it in the best way I possibly can to show my Father in heaven that he truly is engraven upon my heart as sons and daughters of our Father in Heaven, we are each unique and different in different circumstances and different parts of the world and in different parts of our life. And yet our part matters in how we represent. How, how can we step away from the world and stay firmly planted in the gospel and have the gospel be our foundation. In 1989, my grandma died and my mother said of her mother-in-law, she never wavered. That has stayed with me for the past 31 years. And I realized not very long ago, not, not very long after my mom had said that, that that is the one and only thing that I want to have said about me is that Shari never wavered. My mom, not very active in the church most of my life, remarked, observed, reflected upon her mother-in-law in those very words that she never wavered and that is what I want to be said about me when as a teenager growing up in Central California being a member of the church for me was easy I would be with a bunch of friends and we'd find ourselves at a party where there was alcohol and there was a keg and there was beer and wine coolers and just as I was about to be offered a wine cooler, my friends would speak for me and almost put their hand up as across me as though they were trying to protect me. And they would say, oh no, she doesn't drink that. And I wouldn't even have to even try to choose the right because it was already done for me. And then I would 
every now and then get a comment from someone else saying, well, I knew someone that belonged to your church and they're always getting high. And it made me just cringe. And it, and I felt really bad. And I just thought, wherever that person is, dang it, I just want to wring their neck for misrepresenting the church and putting me in this bad position because now I have to try to come up with something to explain as to why they chose to live their life like that and not represent the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I would just say, you know what? They're just not choosing to follow what we're taught. That, that is, that's what I would have to tell them as to why they were not choosing the right. In Mosiah 18.9, it says, Stand as a witness of God at all times and in all things and in all places. So that is something I've tried to live. So after I graduated from high school, I was with a bunch of my friends. We went to Hawaii and we went out dancing one night and my friends were passing around alcohol that someone that was much older than we we were at the time uh, bought for them and so I I slipped away from my group and I went and stood up on this balcony and just overlooked all of the dancing that was going on and I felt very much alone and I didn't participate and partake of any of that alcohol And I knew that I wasn't supposed to do that. But I couldn't leave my group of friends. I couldn't wander back to the hotel on these streets. So I had to stay where I was and waited for them. And it was in that moment that I realized that even though I wasn't in a holy place, my heart could be in a holy place. I could stand there and wait for them to go back to our hotel safely. And not partake but I knew that my father in heaven was aware of my choices and I knew that he was pleased how I chose to conduct myself and not participate in what they were doing I always have tried to choose to to represent the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints And again, it says in 3 Nephi, I just want to emphasize this one more time. Have they not read the scriptures which say that ye must take upon you the name of Christ, which is my name? So I belong to the church of Jesus Christ, and I will take upon his name. And I will do everything in my power to to represent my Father in heaven and my Savior In Russell M. Nelson's talk, Be Thou an Example of the Believers, he reminds us that we can truly have the image of God engraven upon our countenances through our good works, through our choices. You never know who is watching. My grandma probably didn't know that my mother was always watching her because my mom wasn't active, so she was watching those who were. My mom always wondered how I have a testimony and how she does not. And I don't I don't have an answer to that, but I know that it truly is a gift of the spirit. There were several instances throughout my life growing up in Central California where I was one of the only members in my classroom or in my uh, just one of the, 
a small handful in my graduating class. I remember my art teacher in high school. I went up to show her a, a, a painting or a drawing that I had just completed or that I was working on and needed some direction. And she, she looked at my painting and then she looked at me. She just, I could see a hesitancy in her face and I kind of froze for a second wondering what she was thinking. And she said to me, are you a Mormon? And I was kind of stunned by that. I had never spoken about it. I hadn't, I hadn't been vocal I, or made any kind of reference to myself regarding what my religion was. And I said, um, well, yes. How, how did you know? And she said, I know who my Mormon students are. And she went back to looking at my picture and I took it from her and I slowly walked back to my seat and I wondered, um, was that good or bad? I wasn't quite sure, but she recognized who I was. Did I stand out? Was I a different color? Was I, I, I was I polka dotted? I had no idea. I wondered what made me different and what, what, what were her other quote unquote Mormon students like? And yet another not so good experience, I was in the fifth grade and my fifth grade teacher was handing out um, a vocabulary list. And I remember there were 75 words. And as she was handing them out and she handed me that paper, I looked at that and said, oh my God, just exactly like that. I always knew I always knew from the time I was very, very young to never take the Lord's name in vain. It was just something within me. But not finishing the word gosh, it sounded like I was saying, God, my fifth grade teacher stopped and looked down on me. And again, I didn't know, had no idea that she knew what my religion was. And I looked up at her and she said to me, See, Mormons say God too. I I was so stunned. I was so stunned. And to this day, I want to to say to her, no, I I wasn't saying that. But I was too stunned at the moment and and so embarrassed. And then angry with myself that I wasn't making myself clear. And I never would allow that to happen again. So you won't see a text from me that says, OMG. Because I don't want it to ever sound or even be questioned as to what that G stands for. I will represent. So I put O-M-G-O-S-H. Oh my gosh. Make sure. When I was a very young little girl, I went with my best friend to her Catholic vacation Bible school. And the teacher in the class that day was asking about each of us and what we were doing during the summer. And I explained to them that I was going to my grandma and grandpa's house in Utah. And she says to me, Oh, Utah? She said, Are you a Mormon? And I, I had no idea that that's, that's where all the Mormons lived, apparently at the time. And I nodded my head yes. And her, her eyebrows went up and she had this kind of a shocked look on her face. And she asked me, Well, what are you doing here? And I said, I'm here with my friend, Sherry, and it was going to be fun. And she said, well, we believe differently than you do. 
and she wasn't very nice about the way that she said that. So I learned at a very young age how crucial it was for me to always represent the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Where'er thou art, act well thy part. That is a wonderful quote given to us by our former uh, young women's president. And I loved her. I can't think of her name right now. It's kind of slipped my mind. But that little quote that she shared in a conference talk several years ago, that is exactly what I've tried to do. Where'er thou art, act well thy part. So year for years, my husband worked at BYU, Brigham Young University. That is, that is um, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, very own university. And so he had lots of clothing that said BYU on it. Well, one Sunday we had two very sick little girls with raging fevers and we were out of medicine. So as he went to go to the store on a Sunday to purchase the medicine that we needed, I told him to remove his BYU shirt. And he said to me, well, I'm not concerned about what other people think of me, but I was. I was concerned that he was misrepresenting the church. Nobody knows why he's in there getting medicine for his little girls. But I was concerned. And I wanted to always represent. I told him to take off the shirt and put on something that didn't didn't declare that we were members of the church shopping on Sunday. I know it might sound petty, but it was important to me. It was important to me because I always want to represent my family in the very best light. In the Doctrine and Covenants, 115, verse 4, it says, For thus shall my church be called in the last days, even the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. What does this mean to you? Ponder each name in that word, in that ponder each word in our, the name of our church. How do these words help us know who we are, what we believe, and how we should act? So my maiden name is Brockbank, B-R-O-C-K-B-A-N-K. And I was always the only Brockbank growing up in Central California. I knew that my name was different just as much as my religion was different from everybody else. And when I grew to adulthood and as my husband was in college athletics and we've lived all over the country, I always looked in a phone book wherever we were, driving across country, staying in hotels. Sometimes I would travel with him to the games. I would always check in the hotel phone book to see if there was a Brock Bank in the city that we were in. There never was. But every now and then, as people would find out what my maiden name was, they they would say, oh, I know a Brock Bank. And they always had really good things to say, and I was so proud of my last name. Well, I found my five grades ago grandpa buried in the Spanish Fork, Utah Cemetery. And when I stood there at his headstone, my heart swelled with pride and love for him. And in those moments, I knew he loved me. And I was proud to stand there 
almost as though I was reporting to him how well I have represented his name and how well I have represented his hard work in coming here from England, baptized by Parley P. Pratt, to come to this land and was sent by Brigham Young to help settle that part of Utah. And I was so grateful as his granddaughter to look at his headstone and to stand there and represent all those years, the last name Brockbank. And I told him that I loved him and that I was thankful for him and that I did all my best all these years to show how much I care about the effort that he has put into bringing forth the gospel to me. I will always be grateful for that. And I will always be grateful for Grandma Brockbank, who never wavered. Thank you so much for joining me to to this podcast this day. And I, I pray that you represent the gospel of Jesus Christ in the very best light that you can in all that you do every day. Thank you so much for joining me. And if you like what I'm trying to do in this work, please share. And it's my hope that we can turn another back to our Savior. See you next time.